and welcome. Welcome to the show. You do the intro this time, Alex. I do the intro. Yeah, you do it. I want to hear. I want to hear it from your beautiful baby lips. Give me a second. I'm getting into character. And and oh hi! I didn't see you come in. Please, won't you join us? <laughs> this is just our lovely "Be a Better Bard" pad. Trademark pending. Be a better bard pad. Be a better bard pad. What pad? Like the pad of the bard. The pad. Yeah. What, 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 describe, okay, def- <laughs> define pad. What do you mean? Like, like a thing. It's like a you... tavern, but in the 70s. Oh, okay. Like Austin Powers is pad. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like an apartment, but it's fucking huge and everybody parties there. Yeah, naturally. Got it. That's the be a better bard pad. Got be a better bard pad. Be a, be a better bard pad. Okay. So that's, that is the, that, that obviously, and it's real because we're here and that's where it takes place. It's so. true. We're together. I can see you. You're looking gorgeous right now. Thank You've you. been taking care of your skin. It's immaculate. Thank you so much. And I love what you're doing with your lips. Thank you. I've been working them out. Yeah, it shows there. I, you know what? I never thought I would think this is an attractive quality in somebody, but I now know vascular lips really sexy yeah and- i got angelina and joe lee's workout tape and it's been doing <laughs> wonders <laughs> that's funny <laughs> <laughs> oh boy anyway okay uh welcome to the be a better bard podcast i'm your co-host burley and i'm alex um and today we are talking about soldiers we are we are talking about soldiers burley let me tell you about soldiers okay yeah tell me all about them if his status ain't hood i ain't checking for him better be street if you're looking at me i need a soldier that ain't scared to stand up for me known to carry big things if you know what i mean the immortal worms of destiny's child soldier. <laughs> okay, so wait, did we both did we both do Destiny's Child as our topics? We did. Should we split it up? Oh. We do the first verse and I do the second verse. Oh no. We Which really one of to... us is Beyonce and who's Kelly Rollins? Well, you can be Beyonce. Okay. Um, you're taller, I think, than me. I honestly couldn't tell you. It's, maybe Kelly Rollins might be taller. I don't know. Well, okay. So let's say this. Much like Kelly Kelly Rollins. Is that <laughs> I her don't, name? I'm not sure. We'll hear about this later. I'm sure. Much you. like Kelly Rollins, I deserve to be lost to the annals of history. Ooh. ooh okay. You're, a, you're attacking someone. Is that a burn? Is this a sick, uh, are we starting a turf war? Yeah, but I was also insulting myself. Okay. So it was like insulting her, but allying myself to her. Well, there you go. Okay. I mean, that's, that's how I pick up women. I was, I was like, I was like, uh, negging and commiserating at the same time. <laughs> it's the ultimate pickup line. Hey girl, are you oh. a four? Cause I'm a three and I always liked aim up in life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we're doing soldiers. We are. We are. Um, hold on, because I want to go back. I have a, a, a bad pickup line that I just thought of. Baby, no. you're a, a jackpot, 
because when I see you, I just think seven, seven, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Works on me. Uh, God. Okay. Anyway, let's do the podcast. Why don't you talk about soldiers for a little bit? All right. So I got like two sections of soldier history just because it turns out we kind of uh, specialized a bit more than I thought we would. You think so? Yeah. But I'll go into the general stuff. Oh, well, oh, I forgot to tell you. I changed my topic last minute yesterday. Oh, you some bitch. Yeah, and you don't know who I'm doing. Uh, you <laughs> bastard. Um, okay, so I'm going to go- And, it, and it, was, it, it was specifically because of what you just said, that once again, we both picked, like, very different characters, but, like, they exist in the same genre or they're like, you know, they might've been based off of one another or, you know, um, I, I don't want to like, you know, uh, I don't want to out you for your topic, but suffice it to say, I thought that our, 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 our genres, our source material was a little bit too similar. So I took a hard left. All right. Well, uh, listener, uh, he started off being like, I'm going to do cloud. I was like, okay, I'm choosing someone similar. They're both super soldiers. So on top of my regular, like, soldier research, I did research on super soldiers. And he came, I was like, never mind, I'm not going to do the super soldier. I'm going to do this thing. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I can still yeah, work with that. Then I Have, decided like, a whole section of research for that. <laughs> then I decided that, yeah, at first it was cloud from Final Fantasy VII because I was playing Final Fantasy VII when I decided to do that. And then it was um, Roland from Borderlands because I was playing Borderlands when I decided to do that. <laughs> and then I chose my current character, which I'll talk about uh, after you talk about the super soldier research that you just did. Well, I scratched the super soldier research because I didn't need oh. to do that anymore. Oh, so what's your, so is I, it I'll Space just, Marine? Yeah, so I started off just doing regular like soldier research and then some Space Marine research. So I'll just Got go, okay. so I would just like, the general overview of soldiers historically they came about when we started settling down um once we started getting city states we had walls we needed to defend borders we were starting to expand so the first norn like military conflict would be uh 2700 bce samaria and at that point like technology has changed but like i hate to be all world war not world war uh Fallout 4, but like, rule never changes. Rah, rah, rah. I'm Ron Berlman. <laughs> but since then, like, the rack to the soldier has been the same. It's either mandated or it's volunteered, but it is a designated profession unless a large conflict comes about, in which, in that case, uh, other people would be drafted and forced into the service. And it's kind of gone like that since kind of forever. Um, I will put a focus on the Spartans just because it helps me out in my book report a bit. Okay. Uh, Spartans were from the 6th to 4th century BCE, and they were a very militaristic group within the, the Greek city-states. Okay, tell me more. So the Greeks refer to the Spartans as one Spartan was worth several men of any other state. One of the hmm. Spartan legislators, I'm not going to pronounce his name, I'll try it. Mispronouncing things is fun. Like curious. Like curious, like it was our G in there, so like Kyrgyz. Huh. <laughs> yeah, he referred to Spartans as not having a wall. Sorry, having a wall of men instead of bricks. Oh wow! Yeah, so if 
being a male, sorry, a free male born into this society basically meant you were going to be a soldier or disgraced. Uh, the moment you were born, you were looked at as a soldier. Babies were inspected, and any babies mm-hmm. that were considered weak or deformed were left to die. Your childhood ended at seven when you were then entered into military school, and you were officially part of the military at 20. You were required to live in the barracks until 30, and your service lasted for 60 years. At any point, you could bail out, but it was a huge disgrace. Okay. Um, Spartans lived by a very hardcore code. Um, at this point, I just have a clip from Wikipedia just because it's easier to read this instead of going through all of it. Okay. <laughs> no soldier was considered superior to another. Suicidal recklessness, berserkery, and rage were prohibited in the Spartan army as those behaviors endangered the flanks, which was the, the group itself. Uh, okay. Recklessness could lead to dishonor. Spartans regarded those who fight while still wishing to live as more valorous than those who don't care if they die. They believe that a warrior must not fight with raging anger, but have calm determination. By that way of life, Spartans must walk without any noise and speak only few words. Hence why we kind of have that word Spartan. It's Oh, as like sparse. Yeah. 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 So that kind of comes from them. Dishonored Spartans were labeled outcasts and were forced to wear different color clothes in public for humiliation. So yeah, they were kind of a hardcore okay. group. Wait, they were meant to wear clothes as intimidation? Humiliation, or... yeah. If, if, if you decided you backed out or if you dishonored yourself in any way, you are no longer a Spartan and you were forced to wear clothes to indicate you were a humiliated ex-Spartan. Oh, okay. Wow. And, uh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting, like, I'm just imagine like... Uh, <laughs> like Sparta is like uh, like a high school and everybody's like going about their business and then this like big buff naked dude walks by and they're like oh shit uh, Alan Tomides looks fucking fly right now are we going to war is this a varsity game is this a varsity war <laughs> is this a Japanese anime yeah have we pissed off the student council oh that's so funny wow that's okay yeah and then, because I already have it written down, I'm going to go into it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Brief summary of Space Marines. So the first Space Marine was in 1932 in a short story published in Amazing Stories, Volume 7, Number 7, called Captain Brink and the Space Marines. It was a very um, Zap Brannigan sort of 1930s like sci-fi schlock where this Space Marine has to go rescue some celebrity twins from aliens. Okay. And it was kind of that way until 1959. It was just, yeah, there were space marines. It was always kind of schlocky, though. 1959, okay. Robert Hyland released his book, Starship Troopers, which... Uh, I'm going to give you a second take on that one. <laughs> True Ship Sharpers. Okay. Okay. True Ship Sharpers. Yeah, Starship Troopers, which kind of became... And still kind of is the defining definition of what a space marine is because it has been used so heavily. Uh, okay. That also became a 1997 movie. If you have to choose between the book and the movie, I actually have to say go for the movie. Yeah, the movie, it's like really campy, but yeah. it's it's good. Yeah. Well, it's not good. It's not good. Oh, we, we watched it Friday. It's, it's delightful. 
it's 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 got a lot of those so bad it's good moments but not enough to define it as so bad it's good like it's not the room quality um i i will say the, the yeah, movie it's, is it's, aware of the it. source material and aware that the source material is kind of fascist and the source material yeah. is just fascist it's yeah. an interesting fascist but um he's he's fully smelling his own farts in that book <laughs> yeah Okay. But that book was required reading for 1986 James Cameron's sequel to Alien, Aliens, which um, kind of dictated a lot of the visual cues that we get for Space Marines now. Like we took the Vietnam era, like American soldier, and we kind of covered him in plastic. Like just okay. like the thick armor, the big helmet, like the huge bulky guns that had a bunch of like different attachments to it. Yeah. So what what makes it what makes it tied to Vietnam War era and not like World War Two era soldiers? Just the fact that there were like helmets, or yeah, I think like the helmets kind of attached to it. Like they had like that certain kind of like face paint to it. Um, I don't know. That, that okay. was just me watching it going like, okay, I think that's how they did it. Yeah, and it. it I mean, if it felt Vietnamy to you, yeah, I think that. I think that you ha- you you have a creative and directive eye, so I think that you would. Uh, that your instincts on that sound good. And then Aliens was a direct influence on 1993 id Software's Doom, which of course was the first video game Space Marine and kind of the um, archetype for all video game Space Marines going forward. Uh, Yeah, Doom Guy. Doom Guy was a pretty good protagonist to go for for future video games because it kind of made it very simple. You're a Space Marine. So you can go into cool different places. You were a Marine. You were already trained in cool things. You didn't have to be like, and now you learn how to use a gun. And you can just blow <laughs> shit up. You're the perfect video game protagonist. That's, uh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that before. But yeah, that totally tracks that. Yeah, like every, you can go anywhere. You can do anything. Your guns can be as crazy as you want because space murder. Yeah. You've been trained for it and you can go into space yeah, and kill here's... things because there's three things you can kill without feeling bad. Aliens, zombies, Nazis. Ooh, what about alien zombie Nazis? Uh, which Call of Duty is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but also they're orphans. Didn't Ooh, you have to that, feel a little bit bad at that time then. And they're puppies. <laughs> Each of them has a picture. Orphy. Each one has a picture of their wife that they throw at you when they die. (laughs) And then they throw the picture and say, oh, two days from retirement. (laughs) But their final Uh, word is romantic. Yeah, they are Nazis, for sure. For sure. Um, So that is the history. Okay, sorry. Tell me, Burley, what did you choose? Yeah, okay, I'll go first. Um, And I... You know, you had nothing, you had no idea, but, you know, you and I, we, I think we, we share this like karmic wavelength. I think you and I are uh, connected by our grandiocosmic strings um, because I actually did a character, a, a, a soldier from Greek mythology. Well, there you go. And, and you just like brought it up out of nowheres. Um, so thank you for giving that little, uh, tidbit at the beginning for me. There you go. It all works out. Um, so I wrote 
the uh, I, I wrote, I researched, I, I really love this character. It's one of my favorite Greek mythology characters. Um, Achilles. So what do we, I, like, what do we know about Achilles? We brought him up and, God, didn't we bring him up like two episodes? Nope, I cut his research because he was going to be a super soldier. He was in my super soldier research. Oh, yeah. You know what? I I hadn't thought about that at all, but he totally is a super soldier. I actually, like, wrote a bit that is, like, this is super soldier shit. This is, like, how Cloud Strife get, got yep, me. Yep, I had him in my uh, my super soldier research, so good job. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Okay, so I'm just, I'll just dive into it. Um, okay, so we know, like, I think that most people know Achilles because of Achilles' heel, Achilles' tendon. Like, your Achilles' tendon is that little thing on the back of your leg and if it gets mm-hmm. cut it, it, it what does it do it connects your um your um what what is the muscle on the back of your leg <sighs> your calf know. muscle <laughs> your calf it, i think it connects your calf muscle to your it's foot it's the first thing any short serial killer will go after in a horror movie pet cemetery oh, yeah. chucky those are the only two i can think of it like for real though and this is i don't know if you knew this but like, um, you know, you know, in Looney Tunes, when they're doing like a presentation or something and they like pull down on the white screen and let go and it like, it like yes, rolls I up. Yes, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So if your Achilles tendon gets cut, your calf muscle is, is not connected to anything else. And it, it basically like rolls itself up inside your leg, just like. I know. It's so gross. Screen. It's, it's like. It's like one of the most brutally painful procedure or things that a have done and procedures to have undone because your muscle rolling up inside of you. It's like, it fucks with everything. Like your whole leg. I, I would imagine that it it's easier to just get your leg amputated than go through the reconstructive surgery. Yeah, probably. I ain't no doctor. Anyway, but Achilles, let's do this. But Yeah. We're not talking about that. Okay. So the story starts with, Thetis. Uh, Thetis was a Nereid. Um, the Nereids were a group of 50 um, minor sea goddesses. So something Greek mythology doesn't touch on much. But um, like there's the big gods, the greater pantheon of gods that we think, well, the Olympian gods. There's like different categories of gods. So you've got the Olympian mm-hmm. gods, Zeus, Hera, all the, you know, bright, shiny, the ones that get worshipped all the time. Then you have the Chthonic gods. That's Hades, Persephone, Nyx. Um, all of the like dark, evil gods are the Chthonic gods. But there's more than just these two kingdoms of gods in Greek mythology. You have the Olympic, the Olympians. Then you have the Chthonic. But you also have all of the gods that fall under Poseidon. Um, so one of them is Thetis. She's a Nereid. She's the daughter of Nereus, who was the former king of all of the sea gods um, in the generation before Poseidon and Zeus and them all showed up. Um, So Poseidon and Zeus were both super horny for Thetis, um, but she had pledged an oath of chastity to Hera. So Hera was bragging about that to Zeus and was like, Thetis loves me so much more. You ain't never going to get it. Um, and, uh, she got worried about Poseidon and Zeus, uh, you know, quote unquote, taking Thetis. Um, so wanting to protect her from 
some rapacious animal or another. Uh, <laughs> Arab reveals this prophecy that the son of Thetis is destined to be greater than his father. And Zeus and Poseidon are like, we are deific kings, and we know what happens when you're greater than your father. You kill them and eat them, because that's what all of our parents did. Um, so they're like, we don't want to do this. We don't <laughs> like back off. But the prophecy exists. Thetis's son will be greater than his father. And they can't just let a good prophecy go to waste. So they go to King Peleus, who is the king of Phythia, uh, which I'll get into a little bit more later, um, to go and quote unquote take Thetis. Um, there is a whole like poetic um, – it is, it is another story of mythology, the taking of Thetis, um, which is really dark and um, – it's, it's something that's not touched on a lot, but in Greek mythology, it, there is a lot of, there's just a lot of rape and it's, it's really sad and disgusting, um, obviously, but, uh, a lot of heroes come out of it. <laughs> um, so anyway, he takes Thetis and, um, she becomes pregnant with Achilles. So Thetis loves her son so much, um, and like any good mother, she uh, held him with two fingers and uh, by his left mm -hmm. heel, touching him as little as possible, mm -hmm. and dunked him upside down into the river Styx, the flow of mournful souls traveling to the realm of the dead. Yeah, he's got to so, make sure the baby immune. Dip it in. Yeah, so Achilles is protected from all wounds, injury, and illness. Then she fed him ambrosia, which is the food of the gods, and in some uh, like some mythologists uh, believed that um, the um, that the the ambrosia uh, is what actually imbued the gods with their power. Like they had this latent power, but they take the ambrosia, and that gives them the ability for their power yeah. to come. And then, out. for those who don't know, ambrosia is Jello and marshmallow. So you know, yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe some fruit <laughs> thrown in there. Um, so she feeds him ambrosia to empower him with his latent godliness and then throws him in a fire, which according to the uh, court transcripts for the soon to come <laughs> uh, paternity battle or uh, whatever the joke, I forgot the word and now the joke is ruined. Uh, it's not a great joke anyway. Um, so she's trying to burn the mortal out of him. Uh, so I guess she decided to do this in like a very, very public place or like the, living room or something because Pilius is like there and he's like why are you burning my child so he grabs Achilles from the flame so Achilles is still mortal uh, but he's perfect like all of the frailty of being immortal is gone except for his left heel which was super badly burned so Peleus go, uh, goes to Mount Pelion, a nearby mountain, um, to visit Chiron, who is the last centaur. And centaurs, um, like, for they were titans. They, were, they existed before the current pantheon of gods existed, um, and they were assholes. They were just fucking dicks. Uh, but Chiron was a good guy. <laughs> um, he he had lived he he'd lived longer than the gods. He predates the you know most of the gods that were ruling as gods at the time. Um, 
so he's a master tactician. He's he knows he has unrivaled knowledge of battle. He's a scholar of medicine, astronomy, and he's just a cool guy. So Pilius takes Achilles to Chiron, and Chiron is like, "Oh, burnt up foot." Got it. No big duchy. So he goes and he digs up the body of the swiftest Titan and he grafts the Titan's heel onto Achilles. So not only is Achilles immune to all damage and empowered with godly strength, he also has super speed. So he's just like, he grows up to be so cool, right? Privileged so he, little he grows shit. up in. <laughs> But yeah, and he's a prince. Let's not forget that. Um, so he, so Achilles grows up in Phythia um, alongside dozens, maybe hundreds, probably hundreds of other boys who are trained to be Myrmidons. Um, so Peleus was a very well-loved king. And um, he, he was known for basically having like a military academy. So when other kings or just important people needed to get rid of a bastard or a dishonorable child, they paid Peleus to take on the son and raise them to be an amazing soldier. Um, so that maybe someday this son will come out of nowhere and like bring honor to my family. If not, just go. He's a Myrmidon, whatever. Um, so it was, it was, you know, he, he, he brought honor to other Kings by raising their children. Um, so boys went to Pilius and any girls who were in a similar circumstance went to a city called Skyros and were trained by Lord Lycomedes, um, to be courtesans and like political brides basically. So anyways, Achilles is growing up in Phythia, um, learning how to be this great soldier, but he's the prince of that kingdom unlike all of the other boys um he meets patroclus um and they become soulmates they become best friends achilles takes patroclus on to be like his right hand man his best friend his bodyguard um they're most likely lovers i love the interpretation that they that they're lovers whenever you um, have the chance whether assume it's a... they're lovers yeah just um, assume gay shit and... the story's better that way well, so this is this is another thing about the Greeks. So there there is no Greek word to describe homosexuality or heterosexuality. Um, it, it wasn't thought of in that way. Um, it was like a very uh, patriarchal society to the point that whatever a man wanted to do, it's fine. Women, you know, they went and did their things. And if they were a part of certain cults, whatever. If they were a part of like a Dionysian cult – or or um or um an orphic cult like go ahead ladies go screw bang I'm told there was a delightful cares. island they all just went for that uh what was it called uh uh uh, uh oh yeah lesbos <laughs> um so so yeah the, there's there's this concept called pederasty which in in our modern terms is is definitely a frowned upon thing i don't think that it's a great concept but this is what the greeks did just explaining it um it, it was very common for a, an older man like a you know a king or or just like an an older well-learned man to have a younger attractive man as a lover as a partner as a friend but the guy still enjoys women 
So that's what's sort of going on with Achilles and Patroclus. They're soulmates. They are together forever. But Achilles is still into women. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Achilles and Patroclus, uh, they meet at, you know, in this kingdom. Um, Patroclus was dishonored and sent there. Um, but Achilles and takes Patroclus on to be his, his best buddy. And so when it's time for Achilles to go and do this special training to be the great hero that he is, Patroclus goes with him. So they go back up to Mount Pelion and they train for years and years under Chiron, the, uh, the what, what's his name? The horse boy. Um, but uh, elsewhere <laughs> in the world, um, there is a beautiful, beautiful queen named Helen, and she is married to one of the great heroes of Greece. I, you know, I don't, I don't remember which one right now. Um, but there's this other city state called Troy, this other country called Troy, um, and one of the princes there is named Paris. Now, something you need to know about Paris is he a little bitch. Paris sucks. He is a donkey's dick. I hate Paris. He is such a, uh, a just a scab on mythology. So Paris falls in love with Helen and he kidnaps her. And this starts off the Trojan War. Um, so there's a, another prophecy that basically says that Achilles can make a choice. He can go to war where he will gain great honor and die, or he can stay out of the war and live a long, happy life, but never be known for being a great hero. So this is, this is his one fated chance to fulfill his destiny and be a hero, but he's going to die doing it, and he knows that full well. And so does his mother. So Thetis actually kidnaps Achilles and takes him to Skyros, the kingdom where, uh, where girls are raised to be courtesans, on bri courtesans and brides, and hides Achilles among the women, D disguises him as a woman, and makes him like go to school to be a courtesan. Um, there, Achilles secretly marries Lycomedes' daughter, Daedamia, I think. Um, so... Uh, there, there's, there's some things that say that Achilles marries Dedamia and other things that say that he took her. Uh, eh. I, I, there's more things that say that they got married and that's the story that I prefer anyway. Um, so Odysseus shows up to Skyros and he's like, yo, uh, the Trojan war is broken out. We need to, to handle this. Um, and like Amedes is like, well, sorry, I have a nation of women that dance and that, that's all I've got. I don't have any troops to send. I don't have any sons or anything. And Odysseus is like, okay, I get it. That's cool. Thanks for having me. Oh, by the way, I've heard of these women and I think that they're really great and I have all these gifts for them. So Odysseus brings in all of these gifts, rings and, and or like jewelry and fancy clothes and fabric and uh, perfumes from all over the land and the women are going crazy. Um, but also on the on the table is a sword and a spear. And Odysseus has 
basically paid off one of the castle guards to go up to this horn. And if they blast the horn three times, it means that they're like imminently being invaded and everybody should like do battle plan Zeta, like get to safety and tell your wife and kids you loved them. Um, so the horn goes off and all the women fucking panic. Right. And Achilles who is there wearing a wig and a dress uh, grabs the spear and the sword and is like ready to defend um, the the room um, against any uh, threats. And Odysseus is like, haha, I knew it was you. <laughs> uh, Achilles is now outed and Odysseus is like, hey, come on, you want to go to war? So Achilles decides to go to war and he is now reunited with Patroclus. So that's probably, you know, in the like romantic mythology, um, that's probably why Achilles agreed to go to war. Um, his mother hid him on this like remote Island nation and disguises him as a woman. And the first opportunity Achilles gets to leave, he does. Um, so he goes with Patroclus um, and they join the Trojan war. If you want to know stories about the Trojan war, go look them up. It's fucking crazy. I'm not going to get into the horse and stuff. That's not this story. Um, while they're at war, um, Achilles falls in love with uh, a, another princess, basically. Um, I don't remember her name. He falls in love with some other princess, and he marries her as well. Um, Agamemnon, who is a, another great hero, um, he decides that he's going to take this this girl um, as uh, – basically, they win this big battle, and Agamemnon is like, ha, 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 I'm the hero of the battle – I decide that I take that girl to be my slave girl. Um, that girl was the daughter of a priest of Apollo who is like, please don't take my daughter. Please, please, please. No. Uh, but he does it. And so Apollo is like, fuck you guys. And he plagues the Greeks. Um, and so they start losing the war. So Achilles goes to talk to the priest and the priest is like, yo, if you can get your boy Agamemnon to give my daughter back, I'll tell Apollo to stop smiting your asses. Agamemnon agrees. The daughter's returned. The plague stop. But Agamemnon is like, I earned that war trophy and I demand compensation. So he demands Achilles' wife that he just married. And, Achille, and, and the Greeks are like, yeah, it had to happen. So they take his wife and give it to Agamemnon to be his slave. So Achilles is racked with grief, and he's furious that all of his comrades would do this to him. So he refuses to fight. He's like, I have been so dishonored that the whole reason for coming here and gaining this armor that I'm or this honor that I'm destined to have, it, it, it's, it can't happen anymore. So he refuses to, to, to fight. And Re removes all of his men. He brought like 500 men of who have been raised since they were children to be fantastic, amazing warriors. These Myrmidons, they're basically yeah. like the, the Spartans, right? Um, probably not as great as the Spartans, but still. Um, so the Greeks are getting hammered again because Achilles won't fight. And Patroclo Patroclus is like, Achilles, this isn't right. We came here for a reason. Now, Patroclus is not a skilled warrior. He, he's not he is not a he fighter. has a good personality <laughs> uh he's bad at it yeah he's he's smart 
Uh, he's he he understands tactics. He understands medicine. He learned a lot from Chiron, but he is not a fighter, especially not as good as Achilles. Um, but Patroclus is like, I'm going to go lead your armies. So he puts on Achilles's armor, and he goes out and he fights. Um, but he 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 wins the battle, but he dies in the process, and Achilles goes bonkers he's so sad now right um so something that's really interesting and is noted about achilles a lot is he knows that he is invulnerable so he doesn't fight with a uh, with a spear and a shield or a sword and a shield he doesn't need a shield so he fights with a spear and a sword or sometimes two spears that's how he's always depicted as dual wielding big weapons to go out and fuck with shit um, so Achilles goes bonkers and he ends up killing Hector, who is Troy's greatest warrior. And that pretty much ends the war. Um, and it's prophesized that Achilles will die, but not until Hector dies. So Hector is dead. Troy is like, we don't have a great warrior anymore. We need to end this. So Achilles goes to the king of Troy and says, look, I'm sad. But I also fell in love with your <laughs> daughter, too. <laughs> so he says that he wants to marry uh, this princess of Troy, who is Paris's little sister. But if that marriage takes place, it will end the war, it will bring peace, and it will mean that the Greeks won. Which means that Helen goes home. And Paris can't have that. So Paris hides in some bushes and... Uh, in every single story, Paris is blessed by one god or the other for whatever reason. Um, and Paris shoots an arrow from the bush. And Paris is not a skilled shot. He sucks. Everything He just sucks. Everything he does is sucky. But because the arrow is divinely, in, uh, divinely inspired by whichever deity is helping him in that version of the story, the arrow lands in Achilles' heel. And Achilles dies. And that's pretty much the end. Um, he, he, is, he has got all of his fame. You know, he, um, he goes down in the history books for being this great hero who destroyed Hector, who ended the battle or ended the, the Trojan War. Um, but there, the, the last bit of the story is there are a couple of other warriors who feel that they have a right to Achilles' armor. Um, and to make a long story slightly shorter, um, it is given to a young boy named Neoptolemus, who, as it turns out, is Achilles' son and is the new king of, uh, not Phythia, uh, the new king of Skyros. So Lycomedes has died, his daughter, um, Achilles' first wife, the secret wife, End up getting ends up getting pregnant with Neoptolemus, um, who inherits his father's armor, having never met his father. Um, and that's the end. Well, of there Achilles, you go. The story of Achilles. I think I think you did a good one. Did I do good? You, you call, no, don't call me Daddy again. But yeah, I think that, that was good? a good one. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> Shirley, don't call me Daddy. Um. Yeah, I I had I had not thought about the the super soldier bit 
Um, but totally, like she imbues him, like she goes through these processes to imbue him with these super soldier things. I had not thought about that. He's yeah. basically infused with Mako energy. Uh, wow. Yeah. He's, Thank you so much. He's for the OG Captain connection. America. I feel like that, that just like, yeah, the, he, he really is. Oh, wow. I'm so, I'm so glad that I got to do that story or have <laughs> that conversation with you. Cause it made me like, it made me like think about this character in a completely different way. And well, it like enriches go. my love for the character. People talk to your friends about mythological if characters you that you enjoy. Someone else will. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know who your kids are talking to about mythological creatures? Hey, kid, you ever heard of Hermes? Uh. Hey, kid, you trying to go fast? I got some Hermes for you. Hermes would be a really good name for street I'd smoke that. I imagine it being a pill, like like ecstasy and speed. I mean, what? We don't, drugs are bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't. Not even don't four drugs. times. <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> not even once. <laughs> Several more times than once. <laughs> um. Well, so uh, speaking of drugs, yeah, my character is drug, character? the super drug, um, done by big pharmaceutical oh, yeah. and. Uh, without government oversight. Mm -hmm. All right, but uh, so Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, yeah, I, I had nothing. I thought to about add. it. Like, like, is there something perfect. more I can do you to rub it. this into the ground? But no, nah, I'm good. All right. So my no, character is John One One Seven, or better known as his military title, Master Chief of the Halo Saga franchise game. <laughs> Okay. In the year 2517, mm -hmm. humanity invents space travel, and we start going out and colonizing, as we do. And as we go through planet... Yeah, and as we go from planet Manifest to planet, still found aliens, um, we're setting in, and different planets kind of start to form their own like quasi-governments, and kind of having their own revolts against the, the major government, which would be the UNSC, the United National Space Command. So you, the UNSC is like, look, we need okay. to kind of create something to squash any rebellions that might come up. So they create the Spartan 2 program. And what the Spartan 2 program is, they go to all the colonies and they find certain children that have some genetic marker. I'm sure I could tell you exactly what that genetic marker is, but it's been a while since I've read the book. So fuck off. Mm -hmm. They, they yeah, have that's it. a Got high metachlorian account. So they find 150 yeah. children yep. with this genetic marker, but they have to narrow it down. So when they go in the, and they interview each kid, they okay. flip a coin and make the kid guess. Because one of the qualities of a super soldier is they should at least be lucky. <laughs> okay. So, the, so if they guess tails and it's wrong, but they, nope, yeah, they just the they have to keep living their life did. as a kid in space, space kid. Oh. Nope, no, they never. And they never get to shoot a needler. I know it's a bummer. Oh, that's so sad. Do they? Do they at They're least get the a beta. copy of the game when it comes out? Yep. 
Oh, okay, okay. So that, 75 I mean, that's, kids that's are okay. selected. And one of those children's name is John. We never figure out the last name. Those 75 children are kidnapped from their Dumb. homes. And at the time, the UNSC are working on clones, but they haven't perfected the clones. So the clones pretty much die instantly. All the children are replaced with these clones that die oh, within like a week or two weeks later of just organ failure. So that way no one's a sp- no one suspects that the so children are have been taken. Sorry. Oh. Oh. So they, they steal the children, clone them, yes. and then put them back yep. in and their then beds, the clones basically. Die put the clones back because they're shit clones. But it's it's but nobody would would fucking know, right? Because Correct. Yeah, it's, it's only like, like seventy five kids planets. over multiple planets. Oh shit. Right, like, yep. like who could draw that connection? It all eventually does get out, oh, wow. but that's much later. So John and the 75 yeah. other kids are kidnapped and taken to the planet Reach, where they're basically told, you're going to be trained to be super soldiers. Reach takes that's place the right game, before right? one. Reach is a planet. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's Reach prequel. takes place like two hours before oh, one okay. starts. Oh, all right. So okay. the children are all forcibly put through this training. So, for example, um, after the first year of training, all the children are dropped off in the middle of woods in a reach. And they're told, you have to get to a pelican, which is like a helicopter in the Halo world. The last child to make it to the pelican uh-huh. is going to be left out here in the woods to die. So John organizes Whoa. all the children. And goes, we're going to get out here together. When they get to the Pelican, it's guarded, but it's out of, it's, they see that the people guarding them are out of uniform. So they assume something nefarious. So this group of eight to 10 year olds take on these guards with rocks and stones, kill them and steal the Pelican. John makes sure he's the last one on this boat. So that way, when they get back, at least he can say, I was the last one I chose to stay. And that's pretty 50-50 with the command. Half the okay. command is like, you know, he showed leadership, he did this. The other 50 is like, no, he, he broke the rules, though. But no matter what, they decide, okay, he still has something. He has a gumption, the bazaz. And they, they make him a squad yeah. leader of these children. So they keep training on. They go through brutal, brutal training. Fist fighting regularly, beating the crap out of each other, learning different um, you know, strategies mm-hmm. and military mm-hmm. history. Until eventually, uh, give me a second, I had the age written down here. I guess I forgot to write down the age. Oh, well, let's just say he was 14. <laughs> yeah, at 14. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good age. He, he pretty much already appears to be a full man at that point. Like, he's just, he's been going through so much stuff that they're like, all right, he could be. So they put him through what's basically the Captain America Super Soldier program. And they give him a bunch of genetic modifications. And all the other children, genetic modifications. The problem is, the program is shit. Okay. So only half of those 75 children survive. The other half either die or are painfully paraplegic. But because they have that ge- genetic uh, modification, they're stronger than the average human. They're faster than the average human. They, you know, cellular reconstruction faster. And they're able to operate special battle armor that the UNSC has been designing called the Mjolnir Battle Armor. 
bringing it back. And okay, Milner Battle Armor essentially doubles what was already doubled. So again, stronger, faster, and they also have uh, onboard memory that could uh, have an AI placed in it. And AI is something that, in this world that takes a lot of memory. AIs are normally reserved for big battleships. Previously, they did okay. test the Molnir armor on regular people. But what it does is it amplifies the movement. So regular people, if they moved their arm, it would swing the arm quickly back and break the arm. Naturally, when you break your arm, you're probably going to squirm in pain. The armor is going to keep amplifying your squirming in pain right. until eventually everything's broken. Yeah. So it was super painful for those oh, first shit. couple people to test it out. But everyone in the Spartan program... Once they're settled into their genetic modifications, they're able to use the battle armor fine. Super great. They're dope. Um, while they're recovering from their genetic modification, um, they're kind of taking like a little make like week or two vacation. Still on reach though. Just had a little mini burp. Mm-hmm. Um, some ODST soldiers kind of come up to John. They're aware that John's in a special program, but they don't know the extent of the program. And they're kind of dicks. They're like, hey, we're going to take you on in the boxing ring. But they're super unfair about the fight. Okay. And John ends up killing three of them. Barehanded. Like, so, and the ODST is, they're, they're not slumps. Um, they are the best of the best, not genetically okay. modified. So they're... Um... They're not Navy SEALs, but I guess so. I'm always, like I thought Green Berets were also really, really good. They, they are, but they're not on the level of Navy SEALs. Like Navy SEALs are like, I know they're the, Navy the best, SEALs best like the best of the best. Green Berets, like a, like just the overseas version of that. No, the Green. No, the Green Berets, and I could be very, very wrong. What do I know about military shit? Um, I believe, like, the Navy SEALs are, like, the best in the Navy. And then the Green Berets, I think, are the best in the Army. Or maybe the best. Or the Green Berets, like, a multinational. God, I feel like we've had this conversation I don't think so. One of these days, I do need to do some basic, just general military research. Just so I understand Call of Duty better. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, the Green Beret, uh, members of the Royal Marines. Okay. So it's Australian, French, and Dutch. Okay. So it's a, it's a European and Australian thing. So the main point of the box in terms of narrative is just to show that like, even without the battle armor, these Spartans are someone not to mess with. With the battle armor, they're pretty much indestructible. Uh So around 2,550, humanity makes their first contact with a covenant, which end up being a highly religious group of aliens that believe in exterminating everything that isn't them. So we go to war with them, and it is not going good. They just, they out-technology the humans in every single way. They have high power cannons that can basically glass a planet. This the covenant. And sorry, which race yeah. was this? Uh, the so I'm pretty much strictly going to be covering covenant. everything okay. from the novel Fall of Reach. 
which which takes which is just just basically his origin story. Okay, sure. So yeah, so at that point, that's cool. When we're like a year or two in the war, humanity's like, all right, we need to start putting out the Spartans out there, and the Spartans pretty much start fucking everything up as much as they can. We're still outgunned and just don't have the technology, but we're putting a dent into their military. Unfortunately, losing Spartans because they are out technology in that certain way. But, you know, for every Spartan that goes down, we're wiping out battalions, armies, everything. Eventually, Reach does fall, which happens in the game Halo Reach, which leaves John the last Spartan, as far as we know. Other things pop up later. We're not going into that. Um. But at that okay. point, once Master Chief joins, the war is when, like, the war starts to turn. And that's when you get into the core Halo trilogy itself. I won't go into the stories, Halo, zombies, aliens, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But Master Chief is someone that has the respect of everyone in the war. Not just the humans who know he is kind of their last hope, but even the Covenant. Uh, they refer to him as the demon. It's kind of known, like, if you come across the demon, you're kind of screwed. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Oh, shit. What, what, but what if the demon is yeah, playing on, like, nightmare difficulty? They have a chance, right? I know, right? <laughs> wow, that is not fair. So across three That's games, eventually, uh, Master Chief teams up with a, couple, a small sect of the aliens... They take on the alien, take on the rings. Uh, he sacrifices himself to save the day, and he floats in space until a sequel rescues him. But that is kind of the story of Master Chief. It's very short. Um, he, is, he is not a okay. character that is really focused on the character. I looked everywhere. I could not find a word that fits what I'm looking for, but he's, he's a blank slate, essentially. He's... Well, he, he's also listed as a character you'll also character. use if you ever write for young adult fiction. Video games and young adult fiction both kind of have the central goal of making you the character. Oh, you're... Yeah, it's, it's a Mary uh, Mary's, Sue. Uh, Mary Sue is someone who's good at everything. Or this is a character that's meant to be like, you can easily put yourself into their shoes. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I mean, maybe I've been using it and probably you tell me you're the one who studied English. Um, but like, isn't a Mary Sue, like, um, uh, uh, what's her name from twilight? Like, like it, it's, yeah, it's a blank slate. You're, you're right. I'm using Mary Sue wrong. Mary yeah, Sue like is the like, moment, yeah, somebody who has, yeah, all the which also is something that like probably is good insert. for video games because video games are meant to kind of create a power fantasy. So yeah. Master Chief is kind of also a Mary Sue, but he's mostly yeah. a blank slate. He doesn't talk very much. Um, yeah, he's, he's yeah. the silent um, protagonist. In terms of physical stuff, um, even without the armor, he stands around, you know, six foot and a half, seven inches, uh, you know, weighs probably mm-hmm. around 250. He's a big guy, all muscle. With the armor, stands over seven feet tall, and the armor weighs a thousand pounds. Uh I mentioned before his suit has the space for AI. His yeah. AI is, wow. his AI is Cortana, which is a superior AI that is based off. I forgot to write down her name, but she's the creator of the Spartan program. Um, 
Yeah, she's based off of um um no, I have this. It's um the um oh it's the uh yep, the search yep, there bar you go. from Windows ten. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where Cortana's <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah, uh there's there's no like firm like you Sorry. can run this fast or you can uh, lift this. He, he can lift a tank. That's he he can flip a tank if you accidentally yeah, roll anything. it off a rock. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> um I I like that he is um the the mm-hmm. it's it's a it is a good video game thing. Yeah, that he yeah, he doesn't have a personality of yeah, his own. His other personality than is I like stoic. to go shoot. He has a sense of humor because every video game character needs to quip, but it's it's very limited. He's not Drake, so yeah. he's not. Yeah, he's yeah. There you go, bringing it it's back. Spartan. He's Spartan. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was the end. Uh, so uh, sorry, that was the end, right? He floated through space and was rescued, uh, no, and they, they used he... him in Halo Two. Or no, Halo One, because they unfreeze so him in after Reach, he's in sleep, space. and then they bring him out for one, and then there's the main trilogy. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, so let's. Do you want to go ahead and talk about? Um, yeah, let's do that. Similarities between our characters. Um, so I mean, I think. I think it's interesting. Yep, we both, both have had to go through soldiers. like a intense program. With to yeah, so they raised as children to be soldiers. Their powers were imbued into them. Um, they mm-hmm. each have a constant companion. Um, they each have or 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 are known for having yeah uh special equipment your, your special abilities like, are like built into the skin and then master chiefs are like external like you can take them off yeah but i mean patroclus or um was yeah, the armor special i thought it was Achilles just armor. like metaphorically like, special and so I, I I intended to to say this, but I guess I didn't. Um, so it's it's not really written anywhere, but it's sort of implied because it's noted that Patroclus is not a good warrior, but wearing Achilles's armor, in, like whether it actually is like magically empowering him, or if it's just like he it's just is subconsciously stuff empowered from, uh, by Jam. wearing Achilles's armor. <laughs> yeah, it could be just some sweat and water. Um, okay, but yeah, it it he is empowered and he's able. He fights like Achilles with in Achilles's armor with two weapons and is just a, a a dervish on the battlefield. Um, yeah, it's it's like Achilles is there, but he's not. Um, but you know the the armor may or may not be special. I don't think that his armor necessarily gave his son any powers. I think his son is more famous for being a king, not a warrior, but I didn't do much research on his son. Um, so I, I think that we have the makings of a, we, we have like the really, a really strong foundation for an interesting character. Um, I think what we, 
well, before I move on, um, are there any other similarities or interesting right things about our characters that you wanted to know? I'm sure if I like, sat down for like just staring at my notes, I'm like, okay. ah, there it is, but I don't want to do that. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, so let's let's dive right in. I think the most important thing we need to figure out, because it is going to define everything else about our character, yes. yeah. is uh, genre. Um. Are we doing like, do we want to do a mythological hero? Do we want to do a fantasy hero? We, we do, we end up going yeah, fantasy. Yeah, everything has been every episode, or roughly in a fantasy realm, episode, close to we? D&D with the exception of Tweet. With, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Tweet was a, I think she was a, a I think I could yeah. build that fantasy world for D&D, is what I should say. I, I don't think it's non-D&D. Um, it's just well, not... We, you know, we weren't giving her Raven like a, like whatever. she has a set man gray, gray or... hawk. No, we didn't use D and D rules, which we don't often do. But it is well, yeah, it's a fantasy. Anyway, um, we I, I'm not saying that we can't do a fantasy character. Um, just bringing up that like we we maintain the right to do fantasy or not whenever we want. Just because we do fantasy every week so far doesn't mean that's the only thing we're going to do. Um, so what sort of genre do we want to build? No, let's go sci-fi. Fuck it. I did the research for space Marine. He's going to be a super space Marine. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. So we're, we're building a space Marine. (laughs) Um, I'm going to lean on you a little bit more because I think you're more of a sci-fi aficionado than I am. Even if, is that okay? I think that's fair. I, I mean, I, 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 just to sort of like throw out how I'm more of a fantasy or sci-fi person, I don't have an opinion. Star Trek versus Star Wars, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I haven't watched that's, enough. Star that's how Trek sci-fi I am. Don't care. The Star Trek I've seen, I enjoyed. I mean, I I've watched a lot of Star Trek. I've I've definitely watched way more Star Trek than Star Wars, and I like Star Trek stuff, and I sort of like star wars stuff uh but i watched star wars <laughs> episode two a few weeks ago that movie was boring the thing i did most I of my report on for the, uh, to me. the first episode anywho <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like and so and that's why that's why i went and watched it because i listened to you and you made that character sound so interesting and made me want to go back and like see it on the screen and like put a, a face to a name. And watch the cartoon. Blew, I prefer the cartoon, honestly, for prequel stuff. It's stanky butt. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been thinking uh, about so going watching Clone Wars. We're going anyway, sci-fi. Um. So what? So yeah, let's let's go sci-fi. So um, in with your character and and we definitely, I I, I think that it's. Uh, it's important that we like establish that mm-hmm. your character was kidnapped by fascists. Our character, if we have our character kidnapped by fascists, we uh, like we have. Um, we're we're just stealing a character. You know, we're just making a. Oh song no, he became a Warhammer forty k um, character. So, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I, I have two ideas. Um, one that our character was, I, I love the idea of being raised 
to be a soldier. So here's my ideas. One, uh, he was raised to be a soldier by a, um, by a like rebellious force. Um, or he was raised to be a soldier just by a race of, of people who raise all of their people to be soldiers. Okay, like I'm, I'm going to veer almost. away from the rebellious source because I'll be thinking of altered carbon the entire time. So let's do it. The it's really good. Especially, I love the second season. With, uh, oh, I haven't watched that. Maki, he did a great job. Oh, I should. Yeah, the oh, okay. really I'll definitely look into that. I've been like I've been thinking about it. I'll look at it. Um, um, see, I'm down for he's being he's so okay, cool. Raised by a society that is more militaristic, but he is not of that society. Um, so I was thinking, I was thinking sort of like the fascist government, uh, you know, so like mm-hmm. they, they started the Spartan program, the fascist government started the Spartan program to quell, to, to squish out any rebellion. I'm thinking those rebellions raised their children to, to okay. fight against the, this fascist regime. All right. So it was like a very underground. Um, does that sound okay? Like. It had to be as hush hush as humanly possible. Um, or like, yeah, definitely like the like whatever military academy, the secret military academy. Um, they, uh, yeah, they don't want the superiors to know. Um, I actually, and I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you how how this sounds to you. Um, what if this is a, maybe, do you want it to be earth in uh, let's like go the far space future space. or do you want it earth to be can space? Earth still exist. Let's say like they're doing some colonization of stuff. Okay. Okay. So I, um, this is, it, I'm saying this for the pun, but I'm imagining that, um, whether this, I, I think the species, um, is like, Mm-hmm. Uh, like primate based, they're humanoid um, mammals, um, but they, um, the children are given, um, maybe they're given uh, mutation enhancements to turn them into like you know bigger humanoid things, um, but it makes them more primitive looking, like the X Men, uh, almost like the Beast. Okay from x-men yeah but maybe maybe not so covered in fur okay so here's the pun i'm trying to make they're gorilla soldiers and i know that i'm making a stretch <laughs> that they're you know between the two different spellings of gorilla i know i went through a whole thing to make that happen but how do you feel about them being genetically modified to be like the next step in human evolution i can vibe with that to be like these powerful warriors but maybe like maybe it's a big risk maybe um they they know that this mutation will make it so that they cannot mm-hmm. like they're they're forcing a mutation on these children but the children uh can't can't breed they can't mate um so that that mutation can never be passed on so the maybe this like um, these like this rebellious force is like we're taking our last generation of of freedom fighters 
and doing a last ditch effort that they're either going to topple this government or our society. They're doing like a percentage of the children, is going right? To fall completely. Mm. So is the is this fascist government from a different planet that has invaded and taken over, or is it just like the controlling Let's political cell over. of this like they were local, planet. they knew a decent life for a period, and then this government came in. Okay, I think they're they're taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, that this this like last group of natives. Um, let's give let's give the their race a name. Um, um, oh, let's, yeah, let's name our, our, uh, rebellious and let's name the invading government, the invading, let's go, um, whatever. um the invaders are the cult. Yeah. Let's name them. C-U, Kelptor, C-U-L-P-T-O-R. I have a book in front of me that says sculptor. So I just took out the S. <laughs> oh, that's really good. <laughs> Way to Kaiser Soze. sounds like an evil people. Um, um, Batine? Okay, well, how about the, the other race is called the right, Batine? I feel it. B-I-T-E-E-M. Or Read E-M-E. between the lines, Dad. Batine? Batine? Yeah, B I T. Apostrophe E M. Space Bear Team. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I Kaiser stayed around and looked around the room and saw a little thing on the wall that's a picture well, of there a you go. plant from Mario. Yeah, half a writing, just looking around the room, being and like, so uh, what, do I do? what do I do? What do I do? And so Pepsi went into Cheeto and saved the land. All right. While we're staying um, around the room, let's gender and name our character real quick, just so it's not just uh, them. Um, let, uh, well, you know, maybe th- they're, they're genderless. If we agree that there is no f- future generation, okay. then we, our, our character has no gender. Or, or gender doesn't matter. Um, they, you know, they they are not romantically inclined. They cannot pass on anything. Like, if if our character ends up falling in love in the future, that's fine. Whatever that that's on their adventure. But all of these, this race has collectively decided that their their next generation is going to be the last generation. They're losing the fight against their invaders, and so they've decided to um to as a last ditch effort to fight off maybe maybe there is like a very a very small subsect that is not mutated so that yeah, if is the there mutation like a house army deep wins, with like the they can still people they're trying the race, to race but it's going to be maybe um maybe the uh the they send um like almost like an escape pod with um like a, a small amount of children and an AI caretaker. Robot and they dinosaurs, fucking robot that dinosaurs, space robot and dinosaurs come back in fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, let's um let's do horizon. 
um maybe oh shit maybe the invasion the invading force is robot dinosaurs though maybe it's maybe it's not like the borg necessarily um but like a a techno a tech a technology based force that is invading these planets not to like take over and like kill or subjugate the people but just to take every resource um, they yeah, can pretty sure so that's they can a, build more robot that's an enemy and warhammer yeah yeah there you go that's the plot of steven universe that's steven universe too uh okay well let's not do that then um they just why, why do they take over planets then just because they do maybe maybe in their mind they're like you they're just uniting they're fascist they're uniting all of these countries or all of these planets yeah, under one banner uh, whether the, the planets like it or not yeah or maybe they're you know this is just like um they're uniting all of the planets in this in you know this area of the galaxy um and this planet, they just didn't figure out how to do space travel. So they didn't realize there were other uh, right, intelligent life until Easy they were enough. already taken over. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Kulptor have invaded the Batim. The Batim have launched a, um, like, a protective satellite um, of genetic specimens that can repopulate after the war. Um, meanwhile, the Batim have created, um, an advanced, uh, mutation army. Um, do they all have Let's similar go with mutations similar. or did they just like, I feel like the X-Men would, X-Men. We would be written into a weird hall where just suddenly we're like, well, why didn't that person okay. use that power that one time? Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so they, um, they mutate. I could lean towards um, that. I, I, I made the bigger, joke about faster, gorilla stronger, stuff. How do you much feel more about of a brute stuff? force sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's all I was thinking of. Um, they they can brachiate. Um, so that you know, may, maybe this is a jungle planet, and that matters. I don't know. Um. So they okay. So we've got our um, gorillas. Um, I I definitely want to incorporate something that you had said about when the Spartans are shamed, they have to wear clothes. Like they're forced to wear a mark of shame. And I would love for us to have something yeah, I'm like down that. Yeah, So if they're a jungle for, planet for our gorillas, but obviously they they're enough to build a satellite. So they're not like. It's not like they're a bunch of Tarzans running around. Right. What uh what if um like the oh my god. This this might be like adding too much to the story, you tell me. Cause but I always do this. I think up like one little idea and then I have to think up ten minutes to explain why it's cool. Um maybe the the race relies on like a parasitic plant 
Um, maybe they like implant a flower that like grows into their brain and it allows them to speak to each other telepathically or something like that. Um, and makes them a very peaceful race. Um, but the, and maybe the flower like has to do with their ability to procreate as well. Um, anyway, but the, the gorillas, uh, because they have been mutated, they can't use the flowers. Um, so they're like, they are an elite, but separate part of their society who has been, you know, raised to go out and kill and die. And the mark of shame is if they are kicked out of being a gorilla, they, they are then re-implanted with a flower or they are then implanted with a flower to okay, make them yeah, like go back and join the dying society. The way they were starting with like, oh my God, are we just, are we doing Avatar? Are we writing Avatar right um, now? Oh, what, what do you yeah, mean? Oh, like, how oh, they God, like, we're writing they Avatar, like, but then you went into like, okay, we're good. And shit. Back to James Cameron. No, no, no. It, I mean, I, I think, um, like, let's, let's take away that they can like speak telepathically or, or whatever, because like, I wouldn't, if, if I was creating an elite group of commandos to go do guerrilla warfare on an invasion force, I would want them to be able to speak together telepathically. So I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, maybe, maybe the, um, like, let's just get rid of the telepathy thing altogether. That was a, a, a thing that I said, and it just added too much complexity. Um, but maybe the flower is like how they mate. Like they, they bud if- or, or something. Maybe the, I don't know. But the, the flower needs to be important to their society, and that's why um, it's, like, such a big deal that they are uh, – maybe um, – <laughs> ooh, how about this? How about this? Maybe – I'm going to add telepathy back in. Maybe the flower connects them together to be, like, a hive mind um, where they, they, they are, like, their own separate people, but, like, a group history is stored um, through, you know – this like telepathic link that they have <laughs> god damn that's avatar i need to get rid of the flower that's the problem we need to get rid of this flower let's let's go back and, and do something else what what is a mark what if the gorilla not is a gorilla? sort of the shame like let's lean he- extra hard into like the uh the insurgency sort of thing what if like their government has already kind of laid down and accepted it Oh, what, so the oh fuck yeah, the, yeah so the creating they're creating hard, but the the yep. team end up surrendering anyway. Maybe they maybe maybe that's or what if they create the guerrilla army, um, but before they like do their last ditch effort, um, the team are wiped out anyway. So like the only remaining trace of the race are the few remaining guerrillas. And the satellite, um, okay, the satellite station that we have no idea what's going on with that. That is like, that is unknown that it's out there, but we don't know what's going on with that. Um, yeah, and maybe that gives our character a reason to exist. Like our character, all all they can do is hope that that satellite's going to come back and they yeah. can aid. The, yeah, they have nothing to in lose the, at in that the point. regrowth of. The species. Okay. 
Um, so, so let's let's say that the um, if if this is okay, that the the B team think that it is going to take twenty five years. So they they put uh, a bunch of babies on a satellite with an AI nanny and say in 25 years they will come back be sexually mature the war will be over and they can repopulate um maybe let's say 15 years later is where we find ourselves at present um the invasion force one the batim are wiped out they're the only people that are left are an impotent generation of genetically modified soldiers who have lost the will to fight because they've lost the war. Right, that works. And that's where we meet our character. Uh, um, so what is our character? We've already gone gender neutral. I what, kind of assume they kind of not have like a set name name just because if they've already given up their will to like exist... What's the point of having a name to carry on? Okay, so yeah, like almost like uh, the Game of Thrones. When, um, so when they were a warrior, they had I'm a designation. The names now. Then right, the Eunuch Army. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they're just given like an insult name at birth to to like tear them down. Yeah, um, but then oh, I I like that. Um, but then once they're freed by Daenerys, I think a lot of them they're, their they're given the ability to they? pick a new name should they want to. Yeah. Right? True. Well, Grey Worm definitely did, but we saw we saw others who had changed their names. I believe I believe the one that gets that they talk about that gets its his throat slit when he's uh getting spooned on um in one of the later seasons, I believe he took a new name. But I don't remember. I don't remember. Um but let's let's do that with with our character. So let's let's give them the designation that they had, but also the new name that they give themselves because the designation is is a mark of being a warrior and they're not that anymore. So maybe the name is a mark of shame as well as the um that's too shame. The, you know, the fact that you lost the war. Okay, so uh, our character. Let's give them name. Uh, what is? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a cool uh, name for a space let's, rock. Yeah, let's uh, let's give them a designation. A space rock, like something dehumanizing, but still like for you're this, you're rock? that character. Like, you are this tough rock. Your name is Dwayne. <laughs> um uh how about um I I keep getting pulled towards like obsidian um but like I don't want to use that word necessarily that's just the rock I immediately thought of um or We're making do you want it to middle, be so it could be either or, or metal <laughs> Oh, it's a, it's a made up sure. Okay. Um that's true. Um Stolite. Uh uh 
Stolite, sure. So his name is is Stolite, or his designation is Stolite. Um, maybe that's the designation of like, um, like a yeah. shield bearer or something like that. Like they're supposed to be a a wall, I guess. Um, they do guerrilla tactics, but if they get yeah, they, into like, they an are actual a fight, character. they're the front lines. So their name's Stolite. Okay. Um. So if we're going for a more like wanting to give them a rock name, kind of seemed like a good cliche to go for. Okay. Um, So I just didn't know if I was going to be stepping on your toes with this. Maybe um, after they, the war is over um, and they are giving themselves a new name, a name that designates that they are a crumbled stone like pebble or, um, or something like that, or um, yeah. That... What's another word? <laughs> rubble. Yeah, Barney that Rubble. Disgraced. <laughs> I li- I like the name Rubble. Rubble. Um. So they yeah they have been raised since literally infancy to be soldiers. They're now you know, probably 19, 20 years old. There's no war to be fought anymore. I think, I think the, the cult tour, they came, they did what they wanted to do. They left, um, regardless of what they came and wanted to do, like whatever we could, we could flesh that out or just see if it comes to us or not. Um, but they came and they left. And now there is this ferocious jungle planet ravaged by, uh, a technologically superior uh, alien race that is now completely quiet, save for, I don't know, a couple hundred um, intelligent, genetically modified beings who cannot create a new race until 10 years from now when the, or five years from now when the the satellite comes back to drop off. Because the progenitors. Then what's the story then? Is it just them being sat on a plane yeah, waiting I think for kids? So. I think I think the story is um I think that the story is that Rubble is trying to pave the way for the progenitors to come back and be able to repopulate the planet. I think that I think that Rubble is trying to unite the few gorillas who have all gone their, gone their separate ways. He's trying to reunite them, reunite them, build a society, build a city, build an infrastructure, like do what they need to do, or or if they're still like tribally minded, um, to just like build a safe encampment where these people can come back and repopulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing like you know they've got five years to do it. Um, Maybe they, um, maybe they're they're also genetically like more intelligent, and so they're able to eventually figure out how to use the computers that are just like left because the the Culptor just like dipset and left all their facilities and like satellites and shit. They didn't like deterraform before they left. Um, so maybe Rubble is just trying to like figure out where the satellite is. Are they alive on there? 
when is it coming back? How is it coming back? Where is it coming back to? So maybe the adventure is like so, okay, figuring so he's, all he's of this stuff more out and then trying to make more it happen. Monk, then. Kind of violence is no longer the thing. He only knows violence, but now he has to learn a whole different set of skills. <clears throat> yes. I think he, I think they, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's, it's not that they're yeah, gender just neutral, it's just that they don't, uh, that gender so doesn't exist They're almost exist like a post-ender right? game ender. They're, they are, they are gorilla. That is the gender. Um, yeah. Um, but I think, I think that that doesn't mean that they don't have to fight anymore. This is still, you know, this is still a, a, a ferocious jungle planet. Um, they're, you know, the, um. It it probably rubble is like at the top of the food chain, but you know there it doesn't mean that space tigers aren't going to attack them in the jungle. Um, and also, I think that rubble would be like, in order to to see if the progenitors are okay, like they're going to have to infiltrate these abandoned bases, which are going to have uh, security systems in place. Um, yeah. I, I think that there there's still plenty of opportunities for for fights. Um and plus, you know, there's a whole race, there's a whole cadre of uh of other gorillas out there who know nothing but battle. Um and maybe they're you know, maybe maybe they just want to kill and they're looking for a, an equal to fight against. All they know is to fight, and they're also the top of the food chain. So maybe rebel right, is so yeah, colonization to is fight completely off wrecked this planet gorillas. where it's had to kind of reset. Yeah, um, and so and so rebel is just trying to pave the way so that the reset can happen. And maybe you know, maybe it comes down to rebel actually has to. Uh, kill off all of the other um, gorillas because um, they they've gone like mindless rage mode um, and and he or they rebel mm-hmm. rebel can't uh, can't have them wandering around getting ready to to kill this like weak uh, this weak race of people that's about to come down and and repopulate the planet because they're not getting like military training on the on the uh, the satellite, right? They're just like being raised. Who knows? They might come out like being completely non-intelligent and and rebels just going to have to be like, we, "All right, let's great." Assume they I put some training all module on with the nanny, like basic <laughs> to take care agriculture of or something. Um, he doesn't Okay, so they Okay, that makes some sense. sort of school. Um Okay. So it would suck if it landed like shit. They invented their own language. Maybe, um, maybe that's <laughs> what if what if um, what if rubble, uh, like what if rubble is trying to make contact with the space station, but obviously it, um, you know, he doesn't or they don't quite know how. It's different technologies um but maybe they are able to find out that the ai has um like gaps so maybe part of the like adventure is to go find 
the AI modules that yeah. teach all of these different things. So now I'm talking, now I'm thinking like video game terms, like, like the first, the first part of the game is trying to gather as many AI tutorials to upload to the satellite mm-hmm. so that um, the progenitors can learn as much as possible for the new generation, for the new race. Um, so that I, I think that that gives Rubble more reason to like go out and look through like lost civilizations of their own civilization and the ruins of the invading civilization. I think that 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 lets us yes, go, yeah, um, still on one planet, but multiple biomes of the planet. You know. Um. What okay. So what 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 else? What are Yeah, we probably um, should go into what do they have a special specialized equipment. So, um, and like what would their mutations were besides not having kids. Okay. So we just do we kind of want to just go the our, our normal super soldier route? There's bigger, faster, stronger. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that that's the the super soldier thing maybe maybe they um maybe they're bigger faster stronger um Mm -hmm. but they're they're like they're also like super dexterous so um maybe they we've already established that they they can shoot a satellite maybe they're like great archers at that at that point they've um, invented rocket propulsion that's true well i and I, I, I had this thought, but I didn't know if I wanted to say it. Maybe the satellite is like stolen technology, but they would they would need to know how yeah. to use the technology to do it anyways. I'm splitting hairs here. They shoot a satellite into space. They can have space guns. They they have laser rifles or whatever. Um, but yeah, they make this super strong um, race because why? Because the the technology based Sculptors, what, 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 yeah, even are, with the gorilla, like to gorilla. Well, and it turns the, out that they're the not right? still white sculptors, win them. anyway. Yeah, um, maybe, um, maybe, maybe the reason that the sculptor end up winning or the batim end up surrendering or losing or whatever is, um, part of the mutation is like a degenerative rage illness. Like mm-hmm. um, they, as they get older, they become more and more feral, but, but rubble, <clears throat> I think rubble has some mark of shame that signifies that they are different from all of the other gorillas and, and is somehow protecting them from this degenerative disorder and i almost want to make it um like some sort of ai implant uh, so that they the have a just, constant because it seems like almost like we're building kind of like a squad story like not quite like guardians of the or, galaxy um, but like like a band of brothers sort of thing so I, so I feel like ai characters would add more to the But I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of it as a more like a ratchet and clank thing. Like, yes, they they are two separate personalities, hmm. but 
together they are actually yeah. the one character that you're playing as. So, so, like Master Chief and mm-hmm. Cortana. Like Cortana sh- technically is its own but, sentience. But the purpose but of Cortana is can because do Master Chief is a lone Chief. character. We've presumably is, like, made necessary. Pebble have with a group of gorillas, right? Okay, I, th- I thought he was with a group of people that weren't going feral because they right, were all but they've shamed. all gone feral. That's what I thought you were saying. Um, maybe maybe he's building that group. No, I think I think that his okay, that his that makes great more shame sense. is that he is the only one that has not gone feral, and maybe maybe, and I'm almost thinking of it as like um during you know the last the last big fight against the Culptor, he is the Culptor have like figured out this um this technology to just just wipe out this little guerrilla force um and maybe rebel like fall rebel uh well it's still light now maybe still light falls into this trap is injected with this microchip um that uh inhibits their rage and makes them a more peaceful person um but like all of the Culptor technology, there's an AI to it. So the so Stolite, this like war focused being, is injected with a peace. Does AI. the AI spread? Why wouldn't the Culptor just and kill them? That is the great shame. If you had the time, and maybe to inject maybe them with Rubble is. I think. Um. I, I think that they they do it like remotely, like they shoot it. They shoot still light with, um, I don't know, like they they straight snipe him out, <laughs> and the bullet injects the the chip into them. And maybe the 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 culture, like they do it because they still intend on like taking over, or maybe they just want to study him, uh, study them. I, I think you're onto something with the the peace thing and it may maybe be, um like maybe it's something different but i don't think it should come from the culture um do we want to have a just third party alien race or is this an ancient technology then like he just culture has or not culture um pebble just has some Yeah, there we go. Rubble. Maybe Rubble just has some Sto- sort of okay, so, community. Uh, Stolite and Rubble smoked so, too much pot as a kid. <laughs> why did? But why did? Why did the gorilla mutation not affect that? Or, or maybe it was just something they weren't looking for. Some genetic marker. Just like one out. Of, yeah, just. Maybe one they small, were the one only, out of a hundred thing. They, like, they were the only one with a certain color of eyes. They won't go into rage, and they don't like that recessive trait. But I, I, and if and if yeah, you want to move on, I'm from okay that, with that's that. Totally I fine, like but the, I like the, the idea of them that. having a, so, a so peaceful like, AI companion. Them? Yeah, no, that's fine. So yeah. so yeah, and I totally agree with that, and I want to follow that route um, uh-huh. of it not being a culture thing. But if we say that it's a genetic a genetic thing in rubble, 
that caused them to have this alternate what if the personality? AI, what if the AI thing is just something I, I don't know. I, going I feel like all the ruins of society, they just find an AI. May, I mean, maybe. And they finally have someone to talk to. Okay. Okay. Um, so they, they're now, yeah. okay. So the, the genetic thing is what keeps rubble from going feral, but the, there is an installed AI that helps rubble figure out how to use these technologies, communicate with, um, well, maybe not communicate with the satellite. I like, I like the incommunicado stuff. That's all being do. able to like send revised chapters of textbooks, basically, um, as they're gained. Yeah, like the this AI um you know is the quest log, is the map, is the uh um the you know the data storage, whatever, um that transmits it up to the, the satellite. Um maybe maybe the satellite launches a probe to, to just see if the planet's ready. And uh, maybe the probe just straight up collides with rubble. It just conks rubble in the back of the head and is, is like rubble is, is always wearing this like big helmet that is actually the probe that crashed into their head and is like kind of goofy, but possibility or like embedded in their skull. Yeah. Yeah. It's goofy. It gives us, it it explains how we have a heads up display. (laughs) Um, if we were going a video game route, I would, I would like that. If we were going more of like a, a yeah. tabletop character sort of thing, I would just say that they have this AI and figure it out later. I think that's too many layers. If we already or, have to deal with, do you want to, do you want it to be a part of an ancient civilization? The current civilization or trying to build a new civilization. That's already too many layers of civilization. That's true. They can already send a, a saddle. Yeah. Yeah. Then let's let's say that that rubble is genetically immune to the the feral uh, um, degradation, and the they they're not like physically attached to, but they just have a sidekick that is um, a small probe that is supposed to be seeing if the planet is ready to to have the satellite come back. And since Rubble and the probe, their yeah, you know their goals align, they both want to make the planet habitable for the progenitors. They're working together to make that happen. We can't waste any more okay. time naming shit. Um, and probe is just called probe because it's a yeah, and maybe maybe in Rubble's mind, um, like Rubble lo- had to pick a new name because yeah, they lost their designation. They no longer had their intended purpose. Probe still has its intended purpose. Um, but it could be, you know, when we come back for the sequel, maybe at the end of the game, we oh, find out dark that fast. Um, the progenitors have been dead. Like they've been dead the whole time. The baby, the babies never survived. Um, but Probe is programmed at a certain time to go down and do this stuff. So while it has an AI, its AI was activated once it landed back down on the planet. It has no idea that the progenitors are not alive as well. Um, 
but the satellite comes back down at the end of the 25 years or or the the satellite comes back down once probe has transmitted the information that says all of the checkboxes have been checked comes back down progenitors are completely dead and now probe also needs to change their name and then maybe from there we can either decide whether rubble and uh blue blue shiny ball uh which is the name of probe from from now on uh whether they want to figure out what to do with their planet or if they decide to go on a fucking rampage rebuild the satellite yeah, to that be one a spaceship fun, and go I and try and rather destroy that all with the what, if the progenitor survives which sounds more fun good we're building the army again and the progenitors are like okay we're back uh Oh yeah, I like that. Maybe, maybe they're they're back and they're like rubble. You did it. Like you are the hero. We may have lost the war, but you're the reason our society survived. Uh, we want to give you purpose again. What what do you want? And rubble says, "I want to be Stolite. I want to be the rock thrown at our enemies, or the stone thrown at our enemies." And so then he then the the Batim that works for me. Stolite out to go revenge their lost society. I I like that a lot. So I the, think we actually just created the um, story. Did we normally? So that was a really long. Normally we backstory. create backstories, but we just created a pretty um, much. A, and that's I think the first book of something. But I think. Oh yeah, well I think that's the prequel. I think that that's the I think that's the Halo Reach. I think that that game is a little more um, like exploration, a little more like Far Cry or Horizon E, um, like solo stuff. And then the main game, uh, Stolite One, uh, is Stola is is like a Metroid game, you know, like or or Call of Duty or whatever, going out and trying to kill something. <laughs> But I think we just spent the last hundred and seven minutes leading up to the prequel, which is would be a fun game. Like there is something. Yeah, it's, that is. If someone was to make a game out of a battle RPG, Earth, that is a Legend like. of Zelda God of War game. Um. Yeah, I think I think we made a good character for a good game, but I think that. I th- yeah, like a, it's a it's a prequel game, like maybe maybe the character is best known for being Stolite, but <laughs> we just told the story of when they were rubble, and maybe the the other game never happens, you know. But that's that's what I think. Well, what what do you think? I what think they're think rubble of, most of the story. So. Do we call them stubble or stubble? St- I think <laughs> Let's call them stubble. Uh, Stolite or yeah. rubble? Okay. So how do you feel about Rubble? I like Rubble. I like Rubble a lot. I think I, I think um, a lot of the characters that we've made so far, their yes. adventuring career is very party based. Like they're all fantasy characters, and fantasy characters come together in a group of four or five, right? Um, I like that we made this solitary character. That it's not that Rubble is solitary necessarily. It's not solitary by choice. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah it's a weird I, one. I like it and i think that we created a pretty interesting world like this would be an interesting franchise and there you go yeah 
Yep. Um, Rebels in the books. Close well, the book. I, I feel good about put it. it you feel shelf. good about it. Do you want to just move on and, and put a bow on it? Close that book. Um, but yeah, I feel really good about that, about this episode. I think we, I think, uh, I definitely learned a lot about, uh, Master Chief. Um, I never really, I, I never really played the Halo games. I don't often play violent video games. Um, yeah, most of that stuff but was the books. It was, they it was have interesting a lot of to hear all of the, the prequel stuff, all of the Halo Reach stuff. I had books. no idea what that was. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll have to look. Well, let's there be serious. You go. I never <laughs> um, I'll have to look for a YouTube video explaining it. I'll have to listen to this podcast because you already explained it. What am I doing? I, I, yeah, thank you for telling me the story. Thank you for, uh, again, for uh, sort of reframing Achilles in that super soldier way. Um, yeah, let's, let's do this. Uh, yeah. Let's get that do ball we, rolling. Um, thank you all for listening. start wrapping up we, now? Uh, we had a good time. Okay. Um, well, yeah, yeah thank is. you soldier for listening. Um, I definitely had a good time. Is it my turn to come up with a subject? Oh, shoot. Um, but team. Uh, let me look around the room <laughs> a little bit. And. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm looking at that again. Um, let's right. do. I'm down for that. Uh, how does, how about undead? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe when we come to, well, it'll depend on what we research, but maybe if we end up coming together undead. and describing, or maybe should we say like necromancers yeah. or just undead? Okay, we can create a necromancer right. or study a necromancer, but undead is the category. This is what we're doing with our lives. We're not doing anything right now. Um, it's, it's, it's the same thing. So we're going to tell you to do something. Um, yeah. We're, tell we're other people about it. If you're enjoying this and you're like, hey, maybe my friend Billy might enjoy this. Tell Billy. Billy won't know unless you tell him. That would be super rad. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't advertise the podcast. So the only way that it can grow is if you tell your friends. Um, and you it'd know be, this is not necessarily cool. a call okay. to action, but if you want to be a cool, chill dude, like help us out, bro. Um, and and like we've said the last few episodes, and like Alex just said, we're not doing anything, and neither are you. What are you doing with your life? Fucking, not, you think you're essential personnel? <laughs> okay, um, but for real, like you're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. So send us an email, like. What did you think about our characters? Did you have a different soldier character in mind? Um, have you played an interesting soldier character? Um, let us know. Send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com. Um, like, comment, subscribe. I think that's it. I think we got it. With your friends. Uh, Undead is the next episode. What else? What, are, what, what else are we missing? Wash your hands. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you for listening. Bye. And until next time, remember. What up? Hey, buddy. I hope everything is good with you. I tinkled my tankle. Oh. Mm. Tinkle that tinker, eh? Mm-hmm. Big Get boy that... did it all by myself. Ooh. 
Did you get it all in the bowl? <laughs> yes. Okay. Start at one. Yeah, let's start at one. I'm not drinking beer this time. I'm drinking wine. So there will be no belches. Only me going... Because my mouth is dry. (laughs) I cannot find a good spot on this couch. I've sat on this couch in the den so much over the last few days that it's the cushions are distenting. (laughs) Anyway, ready? Three, two, one.